Help! I've lost my wife or husband. Mm. How do I cope? Um, this is a video that I've wanted to make because there are lots of people in my life who have lost their husband or their wife. So they're widows or widowers. And um, this is a, a Christian. These are two Christians talking here. So I'd imagine the conversation is going to base around the hope of the Christian faith in the difficulties. If you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ, I would imagine my guest today would encourage you to put your trust in him because everything's better with the Lord, including bereavement. So mm -hmm. do that now and then enjoy the rest of the video as a Christian who's trusting in the Lord. Um, before I introduce my guest, I will be honest. I'm married. Um, I'm worried that there's a world of pain coming. And I sometimes already say to my wife, this is a terrible thing that we've done getting married because all of our memories are together. Um, our life is shared together. Um, our meanings are together. Um, I'm never going anywhere. If you go first, Rita, I'm never going anywhere that we've been together because it'll be too painful. And um, that's quite dramatic. But um, I would imagine losing a wife or husband is one of the worst things that someone can go through if there's been a faithful and happy marriage. Um, but you might correct all of that. And so I introduce my dear friend. It's been <laughs> probably over a decade since we've last done a production like this. Um, we did one on uh, your testimony years ago. Um, you may not remember, but it was a good time. It must be ages ago because I don't remember. Don't remember that. No. Well, we sat in your sort of um, um, ex those things with windows that come into the garden. Oh yes, the conservatory. Yes, conservatory, yeah. and mm. uh, we just talked, and then uh, that was before podcasts were cool. Now everyone does them, so I don't do them anymore. Mm. But I would like to welcome my friend Stuart Olliot, Reverend Stuart Olliot. Thank you so much for joining me, sir. <laughs> It's a pleasure, truly. And, and we'll talk roughly around these sorts of topics. A bit about you and your marriage, because you have recently lost your wife. Well, it's, lost, it's, six, it's six years now. Yeah. Wow. Mm, yeah. A bit about the pain we'll talk about, a bit about the hope, and then something like how can churches help people. Yeah. Right. A bit about you and your marriage, uh, Mr. Olliot. Well, I, I was the pastor at Popular Baptist Church in the, the Dockland of East, East London. Doll was the local district nurse. I'd been taught as a young Christian to pray every day for my future wife and had been doing that for some years. I prayed that I would meet someone who was godly and hardworking. And uh, I met Doll, the most practical, sensible, commonsensical, humorous, prayerful, self-sacrificial person I think I've well, ever met in my life. We had 47 years of happy and very busy married life. Um, during the later years, Doll was increasingly unwell with severe arthritis and then eventually dementia. And she died just over six years ago. I... Mm. I met people who went to her funeral and were struck by how quite remarkable she was. Well, yeah, she was remarkable. She's, 
she, I, I, I believe her to be the greatest Christian I've ever met. She, she understood instinctively that everything that the Son of God did, he did for others. And that includes now even. And she just understood that from her early Christian life, I think, that that's the way she was going to live. And in 47 years of marriage, I can only think of maybe two or three occasions only, if that, where she, where she put herself first. Mm. It never happened. Yeah. So we brought up eight children, as you may know, and we had eight part-time children as well, in addition to that. And we had a, a busy life. Eight children plus eight part-time children. Yes. So we, we had two small terraced houses in Liverpool, which we, we joined together. So we could have lots of little rooms like a honeycomb. And uh, it was a noisy, busy life, yes. And <laughs> therefore, it must to have been, or maybe and still is, very painful when a loved one goes on to glory. So could you talk about some of the pain that widowers feel it's first of all i say it's not all pain um, yeah. we, doll and i used to talk about it quite often we, we knew that the day would come when one of us would have to continue the the journey on their own and then we would have the final reunion at the resurrection day when the lord jesus christ came back so we, we did talk about that doll was very afraid of being the one who would have to walk on her own she, mm. she told me constantly and prayed constantly that she would be the first to go because she said she didn't think she could honestly before God cope with, with the pain that would come upon widowhood. Mm. And so when she died, I had an enormous sense of relief, as it, if I can put it that way, because my, my wife will never be a widow. Yeah. And, what, and she'll never have to walk that path on her own ever. And I, I feel that being a widower, is actually the last service that I can render to her. Mm, yeah. So that's, that takes away some of the pain. But it's a massive absence. You know, I've, I've lost parents. We've lost a child. We've lost a grandchild. I've obviously lost my, I've lost brothers. And, but there is, there is no pain like losing someone actually with whom you are one. Mm -hmm. Actually, part of you has gone. It's, it, it's an amputation. Um, other bereavements are a loss, maybe a severe loss, but this is an amputation. You are now different because you are now incomplete and you're conscious of it in all your waking hours. And um, mm. I would imagine there's parts of you aren't around anymore because parts of you only she could bring out. Yeah, I think that, that's very true, yes. Yeah. Dol, Dol was extremely wise. And uh, sometimes I'm a, I'm a bit impetuous, tend to, uh, to act uh, without thinking everything through properly. But she, she, she would put the brake on and say, no, you need to think about this and think about this. And then she had an intuition, of course, which was extraordinary. She could see all sorts of dangers coming. She, she could see pain in other people. Um, she could see situations in the church which needed sorting um, long, long before I even had a glimpse of them. Um, she, she was fully aware of them and talking about them. Um, all, all that's gone. It, it, it's massive. But, but just having that godly presence, that, that, that warmth I could always count on, that, that complete understanding. Often when I came home, we said nothing because Dol understood completely where I was coming from. And I knew that she was totally with me and she, she, she knew when it would be the right time to speak and 
what would be the right thing to say? And now I just come home. Yeah. And um, is your ministry obviously therefore much different now because you're still involved in church ministry, but now you're on your own to use that phrase, which isn't entirely true. Yeah, I'm still very busy and I'm very glad to be very busy. I work almost a full week and most of my life now is giving advice. And of course, part of the advice I give is actually is it's particularly to widowers, which was something I couldn't do before for obvious reasons. Yeah. So sorry, what was the question? Remind me of the question. Is the ministry mm. now different? Um, yeah, well, it, yeah, I've got I've got less time for it, of course, because when Doll was alive, you know, all the work seemed to do itself. I, you know, I didn't have to do the shopping, I didn't have to do the cleaning, I didn't have to do the cooking. I could I could invite folk home without any notice at all, knowing that they would be well catered for and cared for, and um, and I can't do that anymore like that. There's all these extra hours of the day that which which are required just to keep body and soul together. So that, about, that, um, that creates its own tensions, yes. Yeah. Remember about 10 yeah. years ago in this podcast that you've um, forgotten, but it was still very <laughs> special to me. Um, you said, oh, no, it couldn't have been because Dole was still alive. You said yeah, yeah. Well, 10 years point, ago. Yeah, she died six years ago. 10 years ago, we were alive. She was alive. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Th what I'm about to say, mm. you said to me is post Dole. Oh, OK. So you mm. said you've learned the difference between apathy and something do you remember patience. that patience what does that mean well <laughs> often often doll would say to me you're, you're very patient with these people because we have a lot to do with a lot of different sorts of people and i wasn't always patient sometimes i was just unmoved completely by their their situation and in that sense i was apathetic uh, she was she was the one who was patient. She she was moved by their situation, but knew when when to be restrained and when to speak and when not to speak and when to move and when not to move, and and I, I didn't have I don't didn't have and don't have the, the that um, those finely tuned understandings that she had. Yeah. So there's a lot of pain, mm -hmm. uh, but not just pain. Yeah, the the most painful time is Sunday evening. Yeah. After the Sunday evening service, we would come home, we would exchange notes of who we'd talked to and what they had said to us and what we'd said to them. And we talked, if I wasn't preaching, we'd talk about the preaching and so on. And now I just come home. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that is a very, I find that a very difficult time indeed. There's a sort of emptiness, not only in the, in the, in the home, but there's an emptiness of, of presence and, of, and of fellowship. Even if you had mates around, it can't match. Can't no, it, no, it can't because Doll, Doll understood me completely. Understood her, I believe, completely. And because you get that oneness, don't you, in marriage, which grows more and more intimate and more strong and more trusting as the years go by, and and that's gone. Yeah. You just before mm. we move on to the hope in this difficulty, you said it's not just pain. What sort of things do you still get um, great warmth from looking back? Well, I get great warmth from the fact that we doll serve the Lord so openly, so faithfully, so unashamedly and so lovingly. And uh, she reached, despite the dementia that she had, which was very serious at the end, she never lost that spiritual edge. And she went safely home um, in, in, 
with, with, with joy and trust and, and peace of heart. And it's very reassuring to know that your spouse is with Christ, which is far better. And that her ending was a good ending. Mm. If, yeah, even an unconverted person present at her death said it, it, it was a model. Yeah. And it was. Yeah. So we come now to the main point, really. Um, there's a lot of people in my world and imagine in yours as well who have lost loved ones. What is the hope that we can offer and say? And how does someone cope who is going through this? Every single day, I'd imagine you would have to remind yourself of certain things. Um, so that's it, really. Over to you. Well, we have a heavenly father who is, who is the almighty God, and, and he's the God and father of our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, we, 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 have, we, we, we have a father to whom we can go at any time. The Christian name for God is Father. We're told that we can talk to him at any time. He, when the Savior taught us to pray, he said, this is the way you pray, our Father. Uh, we pray with reverence and respect, but we also pray as children to a father. We can unload ourselves at any moment, at any time, for any reason. Um, God loves us. God loves us so much that he can't have enough of us. He's interested in, in, in every pain of ours and in, in every thought of ours. If God had a scrapbook, it would be filled with every, everything about us, from the, the, our first cry to our, to, our, to our dying breath, every turn of the journey, every emotion, every pain, every joy. It would all be recorded. And he, he's in it completely. He's taken up with us. He's loved us from all eternity. He sent us his son to die for us. He indwells us by his spirit. He's given us the scriptures to feed us. He's absorbed with us. He's taken up with us. Um, um, you know, that, is, that is the comfort with which we live through, through widowhood. There's, there's a presence missing, a, a, a terrible presence missing. But well, there is this wonderful um, presence which is which is still there and becomes more precious as we all know in in our difficult moments and the hope of course is of course that um, shortly we shall see christ and after seeing christ the first person i'm going to be looking for is dull we won't we won't be husband and wife anymore but i i'm sure our love will be even stronger and greater in heaven and we're going to discover dimensions in each other which we never discovered in in 40 years of 47 years of married life and it's wonderful to have that reassurance. So next time we meet, it'll be in perfection. There won't be any, any sin or disappointment or any of that at all. There's no pain. There's no sorrow. There's no risk of any further bereavement. There's no, no days of next sickness through which we nurse each other. Yeah, it's going to be wonderful. Um, a builder mm. just started a pneumatic drill, so I apologize if that came through there at the end. I can't hear that. Yeah. Well, I can but I'm a bit uh, deaf. <laughs> you said the absence yeah. is great, but you have a, a heavenly father. How do you cultivate that reality and presence then on a Monday morning or a Sunday night? Well, I think, I think every widow has got to consciously think through now how they're going to live on their own. And they've got to have a, a proper program of spiritual nurture and a proper program of, of physical nurture as well. They've, they've got to have some, some system, some program of self-care. So on the spiritual side, I, from my child, from my, well, from my teenage years, I've had three words, which are worship, 
walk and witness. And I still live by those every day and every week. So worship, I, I go, we must as widowers and widows go regularly and, and meet with the people of God. There's no substitute for that. Mm. Just, just Christ's presence is, is there in a special way when the people of God meet together. Yeah. So, uh, that's a very important part on our Sunday and also in, in, the, in the midweek as, as far as it's possible. Um, my, my mother, when she was very old, she said, I'll go as long as I can. And she did. Uh, and it was only the last three weeks of her life that she, she didn't, wasn't able to go at all. Uh, this enormous comfort, just, just being with the people of God, singing the hymns that the world won't sing with us, and hymns which take on a different dimension and a different weight when we sing them together with other people who have the same precious faith. Yeah. And then to sit and listen to the word preached, it's, it's the hearing of the word, which is the chief means of grace. We see Christ in the word when it's preached in a way we will, we will never see it, even in our private devotions. So there's worship. And, and there's, then there's walk. Uh, we all have to work out, I think, our own way of handling this. For myself, I have, I have a quiet time when I get up before breakfast. Then I have a smaller one after breakfast. Sometimes I have one after lunch. I always have one after tea. And I have one in French <laughs> before I go to bed. <laughs> because I, I, I feel I want to, spiritual things to drip, 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 drip into my life um, every day. And it, I find that's the best program for me. I mean, you know, people have to work it out themselves. We're all different. We have different temperaments. We're not all equally healthy. And we have different levels and times of interruptions, but we've got to think it out and then and and then stick to it as as affectionately and as warmly as we can. What um, does your quiet time take? What's the shape roughly? Well, my fir the first quiet time I have is a bit more rigorous. I I, I still use search the scriptures, which 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 is a, a system of Bible reading which causes you to ask the Bible questions. It takes you through the whole Bible every three years. And I find just interacting directly with the text with no comment on it at all, but finding the answers to the questions myself directly from the text. Uh, to me, it carries a refreshment that no other form carries. Mm -hmm. um, um, after, after breakfast, I, I always sing either a, a psalm or a hymn or both and, 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 either, and then either read in the psalms or, or proverbs. And then I have a list of people and and organizations that I pray for. Um, after lunch or tea, I read chapters. So I, I'm reading, always reading at least a chapter of the Old Testament and a chapter of the New Testament every day. And in, at night, I, I read from Spurgeon in, in French. <laughs> and, uh, and, and I write a diary every day, of course, in which I commend, therefore, the, to, to the Lord everything that's happened that day these are the things which have happened and i go to bed leaving them all in his hands wow is that diary years long uh, yeah i started writing it uh, just 41 years ago so it's only half my life really yeah 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 maybe our podcast from 10 years ago is in there if you turn oh, it, it'll be there yes yeah and my impressions of you probably <laughs> <laughs> yeah so that was cultivating the presence of the father uh, or the reality that he is a father. Yeah. And then we've got to have, you've got to have a program of physical care because in the scripture, body and soul are so intimately united. 
that the state of one affects the state of the other. Yeah. So I, I have a little acronym which I call PERCS, P-E-R-X-S. P stands for people. So I, tr I, I have contact with people every day, either directly or on the telephone or sometimes by Zoom calls, because it's essential to, to my humanity, as I understand scripture, to have contact with people. E stands for eat. So I don't eat rubbish. I don't eat chocolate bars and biscuits and cake. I eat a proper diet of, of protein and fruit and vegetables and fiber and a little bit of fat. And so you, you never have a Kit Kat? No. no. <laughs> well, I can't have a Kit Kat anyway because I'm celiac, so I can't eat things with gluten in. But I can't even have the gluten. I don't bother with a gluten-free equivalent, no. Um, R stands for routine. So I try and get up roughly the same time every day and go to bed roughly the same time every day and have my meal times at roughly the same time every day because I just find that my, I thrive on routine and I've noticed that children thrive on routine. Yeah. And and this, this, I've, I've seen too many folk living on their own just letting themselves go. Now, I, you've got to have a certain flexibility. You, you can't be rigid about this uh, because they're always divinely given interruptions, but... So that's P-E-R. X stands for exercise. I go for a walk every day, usually about half an hour. And, and I usually use that for prayer. And S stands for sleep, because the body can't function if you don't sleep. So I have a short nap after lunch. I just sit in the, sit in the chair and roll my handkerchief around my eyes and go, go off for 20 minutes or so. And, and I have a, a proper good night's sleep as far as possible. If I can't sleep, I get up and read a little bit and, and get back in bed and go to sleep again. You have downtime with TV or, um, you know, yeah. um, stuff. Where would that fit under the... Um... So, yeah, I, I don't tend... I don't... I watch the news quite a bit, but I don't tend to watch TV in the daytime, but I do sometimes watch TV in the evening. I do like westerns. I, I like it where the goody wins and the baddie gets, gets uh, removed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I like I like mysteries, where especially the sort of mysteries where the clues are actually being given to you in the program, and if you're smart or you look for them, you can pick them up, so you can find out who the baddie is before you get to the end. Yeah, I like documentaries and nature programs. I'm, I'm not madly into sport, but occasionally I watch some sport. Yeah, yeah. and so that's perks. Yeah, P E R X S. Yeah. And there, yes, yeah. There was a W that we didn't touch on for witness. Yeah, worship, walk, and witness. Well, like going back to that, that's the spiritual side. You've got to do something for Christ, even when you're even when you're old. Now, what you can do changes as the years go by, but there's always something you can do, always. And of course, we can pray for people. So let's do it. Why why not get a list of the members and regular attenders of the church and and pray for a certain number every day. There's little things you can do. The boys and girls, young 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 people have just been taking their their exams, their GCSEs and their A levels and the university exams. Any of us, almost, unless our hand really is that shaky, we can write them a little note before the exams start and say, "Jim, I'm thinking about you as your GCSEs start, and I'd like you to know I'll be praying for you. If you feel like sending me a WhatsApp message with your timetable on it, I'll I'll pray for each exam." The little things like that you can do all the time. When I was in Ogamore mm -hmm. Vale, mm -hmm. yes. um, 
one of our neighbors was a Christian, but riddled with uh, rheumatoid arthritis. Yeah. Bedridden for the last 30 years. Wow. But two of her fingers still worked and they weren't mm. pointing in the complete wrong direction. So she used to knit little gloves mm. and hats for children mm. in third world mm. uh, countries through yep. a Christian charity. Yeah. What a witness. Yes, it's great. There are, there's always something we can do, but we have sometimes we just have to look for it. And why and, is it a good thing to do mm. to do something? Because that's why the Lord's left us on earth. Yeah, yeah. The Lord hasn't left us on earth just to be sitting around waiting to die. He's, he's left us on earth because there's still something there's still something we can do which probably nobody else can do because we all have interests and flair the, 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 on in certain areas which nobody else has so there's a little there's a niche not always the same shape which is just the right one for us and that helps with the loss of a loved one why it fills time I, th I think it's just part of just part of looking away to the cross and being so thankful that the Savior did all that He did for us, and, and it's extraordinarily wonderful. And well, if Jesus Christ is God and died for me, said Stud, there's, there's no sacrifice I can make is too no sacrifice I can make is too great to make for Him. There's, yeah. there's always something we can do out of, of thankfulness to the Lord. And outward looking keeps you from bitterness as well. Yeah, it does, yeah. You know, I, I have a widow, a widower friend who lives up the road here, a Christian man. Um, today, this morning, he will have gone to McDonald's, which is not too far away. He will have bought a coffee. And a number of men from the church will have met him, and they will have just talked about the things of God for probably about an hour and a half. And one or two of those men can't read or write, but they will talk about the things of God, and then they'll go their separate ways. And that's what he does as an 83-year-old widower. That's, that's what he feels the Lord has called him to do. Just meet up with people with, for a coffee, which he doesn't even have to prepare himself, and uh, talk about the things of God to people who who can't have access to some of the normal private means of grace, like Bible reading. Yeah. So that's the three mm -hmm. W's, and that's perks. Yes. Now I was going to ask, unless you've got anything else to say there, on how can local churches help widows or widowers? Are you ready for me to ask that one? Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Yes. I mean. Many widows and widowers, of course, are elderly. Some of them are very elderly. Many of them have, have poor health. And they, getting to church is a real difficulty. It's, it's a wonderful thing if the church can organize some form of lift to, to get, get people to church. Um, for some people, it's, it's frankly impossible for them to walk to the local bus stop and get on a bus, even if there is one, and, and get to church. It's just not possible. But they would gladly be there if someone would, would pick them up. Um, young people can do wonderful things um, for older people. As you get older, you tend to have fewer and fewer friends because they're dying off, and you're losing more and more contact with younger people, except through your own grandchildren. And it's fantastic if young people from the church just popped in. The Ten minutes will do. Just to say, how, how are you? How are you getting on? Anything I can do for you? Mm -hmm. um, it, it will be a moment that some older people will look forward to all week because yeah. they, have, they have very, very few people. Some have no people who pop in on them. Lots of little things like that churches can do. They've just got to know their elderly people. And I think ideas will come to them quite quickly. Yeah. And preach and teach and worship and be a model of that too. So yes, church yes. is a place of 
the dwelling of God, uh, which really helps yeah. people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Coming back to things that elderly people can do, my my elderly mother, she had to be taken to church in her later years. She just sat in a particular pew, and after the service, younger people went to her for advice. And that was her ministry. She was very wise, and she never, ever, ever revealed a confidence, ever. And uh, so after the service, there'd be a queue of folk to, to talk to Mrs. Olliott Sr. And many of them came to see her, of course, in where she was living. But, yeah. Excellent. Mm. Well, mm. that's the time frame that we've allotted for this. Done. Can you believe it? That was quick. Yeah. I guess I'll say, mm. is there anything else that you would like to say? You, you at the beginning said that you're sort of dreading today um, I, I think the widowhood is something that people need to think about and they need to prepare for couples need to talk about it together and uh, they need to have make proper plans for for their financial provision and um, they need to to make prop, proper arrangements with their with their families so that when when the day comes because it will um, they're as, as prepared as possible a, a friend of mine was widowed suddenly um, his wife was alive one Wednesday she, at 71, and she died by the Monday morning. Um, he was completely unprepared. He didn't, have, he didn't even know how to work a microwave. He, actually, he didn't even know how to put petrol in the car because his wife had always done it. Um, th there are skills that we, we just need to learn a little bit about. And men in particular, need, they need, they need to, you know, you, the day's coming when you may have to cook. You may have to work the washing machine. You may have to do this. You may have to do that. And you've not done it yet. So now's the time to learn, in, in my view. And one final thing, therefore, sort of based on that, in preparing together for the future, um, I would imagine that what sometimes niggles at widow, widows or widowers is, I should have been a better husband or wife at the time, like a haunting sense. Can you speak about that in any way or anything like that? Um, any thoughts on that area? It, there are things which will come home to you after, after you're bereaved, which you didn't realize before, that you were a failure here and you were a failure there and you were a failure on that. And you, didn't, you honestly did not see it at the time, but now you see it with a clarity, which is actually frightening. But therefore, you, you, you simply have to go back to the cross, don't you? That's where all, that's where all your sins are forgiven. The, the only way to get any peace about sins is to confess them. So you go back to the Savior and you, you confess the sins and say, and say this, this is the mess I made. This is the person I am. These, these were the unthoughtful moments. This, these were the selfish things that I did. Confess it all. Get it, unroll it all on him. Um, he, he, <laughs> you'll, you'll receive a welcome. However far you've wandered and however long, there's always a welcome home and it's and it's an unhesitating unreserved welcome and you can spend the remaining of your years trying to avoid those sins in any way at all and thanking the lord that they're all forgiven in the same way as all your other sins are forgiven well that's a good yeah. note to end on the gospel the cross the hope of the lord jesus christ i wonder would you close this session and pray for widows and widowers who might be watching? Sure. Yeah. 
Our Heavenly Father, we thank you that you, you love your people deeply. We thank you that you are our Father. We thank you that the sins of every single believer were, were put to the account of the Lord Jesus Christ. Every sin, even the sins which we can't nail down and identify. We thank you that we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. We thank you, Lord, that you've not only saved us, but you've directed us through life. And every chapter of our life and every line of every, of every page of every chapter is, is written by you. We, we pray, Lord, that you'll deliver your people from ever being resentful or bitter about being bereaved. We pray you'll teach each one of us to say every day, it is the Lord. Let him do what seems good to him. And we pray, Lord, that in the, in the bliss of submission, people may find hope and peace and fulfillment and usefulness in their remaining years. We're very sinful, Lord. We, we forget so soon. We have to learn the same thing over and over again. But we pray for your help in this and pray that right till our dying moment, we may grow in grace and in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen. Amen. Mr. Elliot, thank you so much for giving up your time this afternoon. My hearty apologies again for anyone who can hear the pneumatic drill. And um, I do hope it's not 10 years until we connect together again. Well, I'll try and come down to Cardiff and, and uh, be as awkward as possible as soon as possible about that. <laughs> thank you, Owen, very much. And thank you, everybody else, for listening and watching. Okay. Thank you.